Web 2.0 Innovation Trend Collaboration Software Metadata Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 317 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in Ann Arbor. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we discussed the many ways the Internet of Things might be watching you, watching you, and collecting data, and how you might prepare to deal with that. In this episode, we're excited to be interviewing another very special guest as part of our growing interest in automation and automation tools. The topic will be Microsoft's Power Platform and what you need and will want to know right now. Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we are thrilled to have as our guest, Joe Camp, who works at Microsoft to help make its Power Platform products more useful to different audiences and currently works with Microsoft's accessibility team. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, and observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first up, we are so pleased to welcome Joe Camp to the podcast. I have made no secret in past episodes of how much I like and use components of Microsoft's Power Platform, primarily Power Automate, but also Power Apps. I'll talk about that a little bit more later in the podcast. And I use them in my work frequently. So I was obviously thrilled uh, to be able to have someone from Microsoft come to tell us more about it. Joe, welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report. Thank you. Thank you, Tom and Dennis. Great to be here. Before we get started, can you tell, I, I gave a little brief introduction, but can you tell our audience a little bit more about you, what you do with Microsoft, and how you're associated with the Power Platform? Sure. So, um, yeah, so I've been at Microsoft a um, little over 12 years as a uh, full-time employee as well as a contract vendor. Um, currently, um, and as you referenced, uh, I'm on the accessibility team, um, just started that role two weeks ago. So it's the, it's the classic, you start a new role, it's the um, uh, drinking from a fire hose type of scenario. So I'm a little swimmy headed, trying to, trying to catch up as quick as possible. But prior to that, that role or this role, I got hired by Microsoft um, in a community relationship building type of role working for their MVP program, which is the most valuable professional program. Um, and it's a, it's a program that where you recognize third-party IT pros and devs based off of their community work. So I did that for a, a good while. And then from there, moved into the Windows Insider team, helped build out a comparable or comparable um, uh, MVP program for that team. Um, and the Windows Insider team is a, is a program that um, provides or allows um, folks the opportunity to beta test or test builds of Windows. Um, really cool program. And did that role for four years. And then two years ago, I was asked to work um, on the dev advocacy team for Power Platform. And this would be kind of my first real, and I say this in air quotes, technical role. You know, the other roles that I was in were program management, uh, product management, uh, relationship building, uh, community. And in this role on the dev advocacy team, it was leveraging those skill sets, but then also learning Power Platform. 
And um, the idea being that, Joe, you're not tradition, you know, based off of your skill set, you're really not technical. We have an audience, the citizen developer, that um, we feel would really benefit from the Power Platform. And maybe it makes some sense to bring you in and you learn Power Platform and then tell that journey. Um, because it's it was kind of the, and I kind of looked at it this way, making fun of myself. If I can learn this stuff, then pretty much anybody can <laughs> learn it. And so just to talk in... So that's kind of my background. All right. And, 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 but I think you're talking to a lot of people in the audience, too. I think that, that, that a lot of what you say will resonate um, with people who listen to this show. So let's, let's start at the beginning. Let's, let's start kind of with an introduction to the Power Platform. For those who don't know, aren't familiar with it, may ha- not have listened to us talk about it in the past, can you tell us kind of what the Power Platform is and what its components do, what its purpose is? Sure. And so Power Platform is Microsoft's low-code offering um, um, and kind of with a bit of learning and leveraging your office skills, whether that be in Excel, whether that be in PowerPoint, um, uh, Outlook, uh, customers are able to build apps, are able to automate workflow and processes to kind of make you, obviously make you a little more um, more efficient in the office and um you know, give you more time back to do stuff that can make you money. And I say that again in air quotes. And then just to kind of walk through the the tools uh, within Power Platform, there's Power Apps. And Power Apps is the, um, the application development component of Power Platform. And this is a low-code platform for building apps. Um, then you can use use this for inventory management, purchase purchase processes, that sort of thing. And the next is Power Automate. Power Automate is the automation or the ability to automate workflows using low code. The next component is Power BI. And Power BI is kind of the business analytics component of this. And that's the ability to take data and then um, dump it. And I'll, I'll use kind of non-technical terms, I guess. Um, dump it into, into a tool where you can visualize and graphically look at data sets. And then the fourth component is Power Virtual Agents, and that's the ability to build intelligent virtual agents or bot building, chatbot type of type of work. And then the fifth component, which is relatively new, um, this was announced, I think, at Microsoft Build, which is a developer conference uh, this past May, is something called Power Pages. And Power Pages is the ability to build modern and uh, secure business websites. Um, honestly, I haven't played a lot with Power Pages, um, but I think the really cool thing with Power Pages is you can kind of set up your, you can set up a website and then you can direct specific people to have access to that um, in a secure manner. So those are the the real big kind of big highlights. Well, Joe, I got to say that uh, unlike many in the legal profession, I'm kind of excited just by what you've described so far. But but uh, those in the legal profession actually do tend to absolutely freak out if you mention things like math, uh, coding, databases, or automation. So when somebody asks you, uh, and somebody who's not technical, asks you to describe power 
automating this sort of quick, what's in it for me with some examples, what do you like to tell them so they quickly appreciate the many different ways they might use Power Automate? And then I'll come back and ask you the same thing about Power Apps. Yeah. And so, I mean, I was just kind of thinking about this. I think my answer is applicable, will be applicable to both Power Apps and Power Automate. So I'm sorry if I'm taking the question away from you. No, please. But, you know, I think, you know, from my perspective, with a little bit of learning um, and not a lot, I mean, and and that's your investment, your return on investment is fairly quick. Um, At least, I mean, this is from my perspective. And again, this is coming from the person that is not super technical. Um, I'm starting to get a little more technical, but um, leveraging, leveraging the the skills that I've learned within Excel, with PowerPoint, and like within Outlook, leveraging some of that, and then doing a little bit of learning, um, you're able to build some sort of automation process that gives you some time back. And I think from a, an attorney's perspective, um, I would equate that to giving you more opportunity to for billable hours because you're taking some sort of repetitive motion that may not necessarily be something that's billable. Um, and you're automating it and it's giving you back 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever that, whatever that may be in a day over time, you know, that's a couple of hours. I, you know, I think, I think from an ROI perspective, it's, I think it's worth, worth the time and worth the, worth, uh, worth the effort to learn a little bit so that you can kind of focus on, you know, the stuff that's maybe a little more, uh, gives you a little more ability to monetize. Well, so let's dig in a little bit more. Um, we talk a lot on this podcast about that one of the one of the nice things about Microsoft 365 is how the components integrate with each other, and you're able to use different pieces in in conjunction with each other. How do and and even though I should come back and say, even though, you know, Joe described five different components, we're probably going to spend more time talking about Power Automate and Power Apps than anything else here, just because it may be the, I would think, lowest barrier to entry for most of the people who are listening to the podcast. But you can certainly talk about others if it makes sense to do that, Joe. But how do these components work with other Microsoft 365 components? What's the what's the connection there? Well, I think, and I think that the, the key term is something that you just use and that's connection or in 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 the context of power platform it's connectors um, and that's the kind of the bridge without getting technical it's the ability for some of the for power apps power automate to connect to these other services uh, within Microsoft 365 so that's gosh that's Excel you can easily you can what's really cool and 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 maybe I don't know if we'll get into this or not but um, as you as folks are learning um, to to build a power app or learning to automate something excel though it's not a great tool for a data, as a database it's definitely uh, something that you can learn off of and the reason I say that is because it's not as secure as say SharePoint or some of the other kind of more meteor databases for lack of a better way to say it but um, from a connector perspective you know Microsoft's power platform connects to over three, no, 400, I think it's 400 now, different services internally and externally. So that's um, examples within the Microsoft 365 suite that you were referring to, Tom, of Excel, Outlook, Word. You can connect some, you can do some automation um, where you can take 
a Microsoft form that maybe a client can fill out. You'll that person can click submit. Um, that form then can be tied to an Excel spreadsheet or can be tied to a more secure database. That information can then be dumped into that database. You can also take that information and then it can be, um, and this is using Power, or excuse me, Power Automate. You can then tie that to a Word document for some sort of correspondence that you may, be, you may, you may need to use. Um, let's see, what else? What else there? OneNote. Yeah, OneNote, uh, OneDrive. I, I, I'm kind of rambling here, but I feel like the the crux the crux to or the answer to your question is it's pretty easily and seamlessly connected. All right. Well, we've got have a ton more questions for Joe Camp, but before that, we let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. Be the best resource you can for your Spanish-speaking clients with the Spanish Group's Legal Translation Service. Experienced translators ensure accurate translation of your documents with same-day delivery. Confidentiality is ensured, and the Spanish Group guarantees acceptance for certified translations. All that, and their rates are competitive. If you need other languages, the Spanish Group translates in over 140 languages. Mention Legal Talk 20 when you request your quote for 20% off your first translation. Visit thespanishgroup.org. If you're like me, you're probably a bit frustrated with the state of our political system today. Democracy Decoded, a podcast by Campaign Legal Center, examines our government and discusses innovative ideas that could lead to a stronger, more transparent, accountable, and inclusive democracy. Listen at democracydecoded.org to their new season, which takes a deep dive into democracy at the state and local level by highlighting different ways to ensure that every voter's voice is heard. And we're back with Joe Camp of Microsoft. Joe, um, we've we've talked on the podcast before about how we felt that COVID and the pandemic really ramped up the adoption of uh Microsoft 365 and Microsoft Teams in, in particular, but uh, how, how did COVID change the Power Platform road, uh, roadmap and, and its adoption over the last couple of years? That's a great question, and I don't, I don't know if I've tracked that. I mean, I think I'll answer the question this way. When I started in the role, in this role two years ago, um, about, about six months into the role, I started tracking uh, just out of curiosity, using LinkedIn um, and LinkedIn job service, started tracking uh, job postings that had Power Platform or Power Apps or Power Automate, Power Virtual Agent, Power BI, somewhere within the job description, right? So I was thinking, all right, what's the, what's the uptake? And I didn't really have any other mechanism to, to kind of pull this data. And my theory was, if I'm seeing job growth, then then there's got to be, as a correlation, there's got to be an increase in adoption, right? Um, and so when I started doing this, I started in March 2021, and I did a query. So I just pulled a bunch of data from, uh, from LinkedIn, and I found that there were 47,000, roughly 47,000 jobs globally where within the, um, the job description, Power Platform, Power Apps, Power Automate, Power Virtual Agents, Power BI was mentioned within that, just a kind of a keyword search. And so then the last time I did this was June 2022, so 
a year and three months. And um, that number had more than doubled to 88,200 and something uh, roles globally. Majority of those roles were within the United States. And then you'd look at UK and you know, kind of you look at it that way. Um, and so from my perspective, I'm thinking, all right, well, obviously there's some traction here. Now, a lot of those roles were consultants. And I mean, I think that kind of makes some sense. And, and I'm using my hands, but I, I kind of look at I kind of look at the the adoption is something like this, where if you look at an inverted triangle, or even if you look at a funnel, and the bottom of the funnel is um, Microsoft people that are testing it. And then the next group, as it gets a little broader, are, um, you know, maybe it's a private beta or, I mean, a private, yeah, private beta program or uh, some partners that are testing it. And then the next group are the consultants. And then the last group, which is the broadest breadth of this, um, are you know all kind of industries that are using using this platform? So I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that the adoption is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we're at the consulting phase. And I think that as we um, get more and more of that work, because more and more of that work, then that's going to migrate to the industries themselves. I mean, the companies, the Fortune 500s, who are who are starting to adapt that, and then you're going to get to a point where you're going to have uh, the, the subject matter experts within marketing of a corporation, the subject matter experts within accounting, uh, within HR that are, going to, that are leveraging or starting to leverage and leverage more and more uh, Power Platform and Power Apps because there's a need for that. So I didn't necessarily answer the question regarding COVID, but with respect to um, the adoption rate, it's definitely on the increase. And then I did kind of pull a, a quick number um, as part of this uh, queer, as part of the queries, I was looking for leak, legal services. And over the past 12 months, <laughs> there was an increase of just over 200% of jobs posted within LinkedIn, where one of those skills um, is is uh, part of the job description. So there's definitely an interest, you know, from a from a legal services perspective. Well, that feels like a trend. Joe, I was I, when I went on the the uh, the website today and was was looking at some of the video samples. The the one that really struck me was uh, the uh, where somebody who was able to, and I think this is more a power app application, but the uh, they were able to kind of in just a few minutes. Uh, Pull together some information, which is uh, and some uh, some workflows, which is sort of the low code idea. Use a little bit of AI to to be able to recognize what the stock in a store looked like, so it could be identified, and then uh, roll that app to out to somebody who worked in the store, and then that person could kind of take a picture of the shelves, and then uh, that they were able to basically get information and then make decisions about like how well things were selling other other things like that and, and sort of really really amazing how powerful and and simple those things really were and how effective that demo was so i, I guess i want to ask is uh what other uses do you see your customers uh making now that that really are that you find exciting and and what are the common things they're asking for 
So I think, I think honestly, um, it's the things folks are building, it's all over the board. Uh, we've seen folks that have built onboarding tools for new employees, um, where you've got a new employee that comes in and there's a list of tasks they have to do that can be as part of a power app, you know, as they, um, go through one learning as they go through another learning as they go through another learning they can just click a button that button is effectively a trigger that tells and this is within within a power app that button is a trigger that um, tells power automate to send a notification to human resources to the person's manager that uh, new employee X has done this training. So there's some there's some tracking capability for that. And then also that might get that could also get pushed back to the employee into their in- inbox so that they have an ability to track what they've done. I mean, that's that's one thing. There's uh, let's see a client routing automation type of scenario where a customer comes in, a new customer comes in to maybe even it's uh, uh, within a law firm. And um, there's a, and, and I have to throw this caveat out there. I'm not completely, I don't have a deep knowledge on how law firms operate from an operational perspective. So um, my, my description may be a little, a little vanilla, a little generic, I don't know. Um, but as a customer comes in or a client, potential client comes in and you fill out some information, um, and uh, that may have a drop down, and that may be a power, a power app, and there may be a drop down um, describing the issue that the customer or the client may have. Based off of the answer, that information for that client may get pushed to the attorney that's focused on um, whatever type of law is relative to this individual's. Um, concerns or issues coming into the law firm. Um, let's see some other things. There's, there's the ability through, and this is something that we, I didn't really talk on, but it's a part of power automate. It's called power automate desktop, which is, um, a robotic process automation type of thing. And it's, it's, it's the ability to take data from, um, move data around from one in one, one location to another location from an automation automation or automatic perspective. It also, there's some tooling within this, within this feature that allows you to do some web scraping, which is actually pretty cool. I did some of that myself where you can set up um, information on a day-to-day basis. So you're pulling information down from some website um, and you can, um, as an example, um, as you can pull data down from, uh, let's see, say for example, Microsoft Finance uh, website where you're tracking stocks and you can dump those stocks into a spreadsheet, um, that sort of thing. So I would imagine um, that there are absolutely a lot of different opportunities within a law firm to automate repetitive processes using that tool as well. Those are just three examples that come to mind. I mean, there's a ton of others. I mean, there's one that um, I, I, I thought was really cool. This is really, I don't know. I don't think I could build it cause I don't have the, the background, but it's, it was, um, a company built a power BI dashboard to pull financials into a dashboard and then allow the CEO to kind of change some numbers around 
from a, from an M and A type of perspective, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, and that's something actually I want to, I'm going to follow up on the back end and see if I can figure out how to learn how to do that. Cause I thought that was a really neat kind of geeky thing to do. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm hoping and assuming that some of these use cases, some of these examples are getting our audience thinking about ways that they could use it in their practice, in their business. Um, let's say people want to get started. Where is the best place or best ways for them to get started to use the Power Platform, um, and I'm, I'm thinking more about Power Automate and Power Apps here, but kind of what's the learning curve? Are there specific resources that you would recommend? Um, how are they going to get started? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Tom. So I think, you know, from my perspective, and these are some tools that I've learned, um, actually not learned, but that I've leveraged and used. The first and foremost, uh, Microsoft Learn, um, and all the information that I'm going to share with you, it's all free. You don't have to pay for any of this. Uh, which I think is really cool. Um, but Microsoft Learn has a ton of um, free uh, learning modules. And there's a, a module that's called the, um, I think it's Power Platform Fundamentals. And it is a very much a beginner um, series of, of modules or cl- classes. I think it's, it's called, learn, it's a learning path when you go to the, when you go to the Microsoft Learning website. Um, and it goes from introducing and talking about the, all the different components within Power Platform. Um, and then um, there's some, um, some exercises that you can do that definitely kind of get your hands dirty on each of, the, each of these components. So that's a great tool. In 2020, uh, the team that I was on built a um, Udacity class called it's a power platform um, Udacity class and that is takes eight to ten hours to do um, it walks you through setting up a test environment to building an app using uh, power automate using some of the AI dentists that you were talking about tied into this app and when you're done with that you actually will have a functioning app on your phone which is really cool that was actually a really fun thing. Um, and I, let's see what else. Within Power Automate and Power Apps on the landing pages, which I'll, I'll Tom, I'll give you all the URLs and you can post them in the, we'll put them in, in the show, in the show notes for folks yep. to access. Um, there are actually a bunch of templates that are already set up for you within Power Automate, a ton of different templates to show you how to pull, like if, say for example, you wanted to, and this is just an example, but say for example, you wanted to, you were really interested in a specific topic and to see if it was trending on Twitter. You could you could set up um, a Power Automate that would go out to your Twitter account, pull down um, a specific keyword or term, all the tweets that are coming from that as a kind of a trend analysis type of thing. Um, and though it may not be specifically related to the legal industry, what it does is it's teaching you to kind of think, think through the process. And it's kind of a linear process where you want to do this first, this first, this first, this first, this first to connect the dots. And once you start playing around with those, then you'll go back to your office and you're like, well, what if I did this, 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 and this, and to, to set up some sort of automation. Those are three things. And then uh, the, the, the fourth, which I think is great, is just the, the Power Platform community in and of itself. 
um, one of the, the, the lady that I used to work for, April Dunham, on YouTube has a fantastic YouTube channel um, that walks through a ton of different scenarios on uh, Power Apps, Power Automate. Um, and she does a great job there, 15, 20 minutes long. They're not super long, uh, all searchable, um, and a lot, of, a lot of great information there. So those are four things, and, that, and those are four things that I've leveraged. Um, and there's, gosh, a ton more. Um, but those are kind of some of the meat and potatoes, at least from my perspective, on, on how to learn and get up to speed with these things. And we will make sure, like I said, we'll make sure to put those in the show notes so everybody can get to those. Those sound like some really terrific resources. We've got a few more questions for Joe, but before that, we need to take a break for a quick word from our sponsors. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com simple. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and we are joined by our special guest, Joe Camp of Microsoft. Joe, I, I just uh, find a lot of really interesting things that somebody could s- start out with. And the one that struck me when I was looking at the, the templates and some of these examples that I think that would intrigue a lot of lawyers is is just doing some w- simple workflows, like send out a document for approval and have it routed the the right way. So, if if people if our in our audience are actually interested in this, I think that template play, page, as as you said, is a great place to start. But how do you recommend that firms that are serious try to to get started in this? Is just kind of activating what you already have in Microsoft three sixty five um, and designating people to do some training, which which might work, but then it seems like they're sort of looking for a problem to solve. Or is, does it best to say, hey, here's something that might really help us. Um, how could we use Automate? So is it sort of problem first or tool first? Obviously, every, every, um, every firm is going to be a little different from you know, their concerns on allowing somebody to to, to turn on a new service and does that get, a, get out of control? I mean, you want to control it. Um, as it's as you're rolling it out, um, I think, you know, from my perspective, I'm all about let's just open it up and let's let people play with it a little bit, and then if it gets out of control, then you, whomever, and I'm assuming that a lot of these firms have have you know have some sort of IT department, or even if they don't have have uh, the ability to go to um, kind of control 
who gets what from a services perspective, you can you can roll that back, right? Um, if it gets a little crazy, I mean, I, I think I think maybe it's maybe it's kind of a crawl walk type of scenario where you're you're going to share um, the ability to build a power automate um, workflow or a power app with one or two folks on the team. Let them kind of play with it. Maybe designate one or two folks um, who want to learn. Let them play with it, and then you know slowly build off of that. Um, if that's your comfort level, um, or if you want to just kind of you know let everybody play with it, that's that's fine too. You can obviously you can control the rollout uh, with uh, using the Microsoft 365 Admin Center because I'm assuming everybody that we're talking about has got some sort of um, M M three sixty five SKU, um, and I think the E three SKU is this. I think this. I might. I may be wrong on this, but I think the E three SKU is a SKU that offers the Power Automate and the Power Apps. I'm not completely sure on that, but I think that's right. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know if I'm. Um, I'm kind of playing economist here, both sides of the fence. I'm not t- giving you a direct answer. <laughs> But um, it's, I think it's, it's just based off of the comfort level that the firm has. I mean, from my perspective, I think if, if I had a firm, um, a law firm, and, and I wanted to, to play around with Power Automate, Power Apps, I would probably designate two or three people as maybe a, and, and let them kind of be the, the test environment and then see how it builds off of that and then maybe build organically, internally, um, the knowledge base that way. Well, Joe, we really want to thank you so much uh, for being a guest on the podcast. Um, I, I think you've already kind of told us a little bit about where people can learn more about Power Platform. We're going to include that in the show notes, but maybe uh, let everybody know if somebody wants to get in touch and learn more from you. Is there a way that people can get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So uh, I'm on Twitter. It's JoeCamp13 is my handle. I'm also in LinkedIn. Um, and just a shameless plug, I have a, there's a bunch of, I, I wrote probably 13, 14, 15 different articles, um, in my profile that, that are beginner type of articles with a bunch of screenshots. Uh, I tried to be as, you know, as specific as possible of, of do this, then this, then this, then this. And, um, I'm hoping that, you know, people, people seem to have found some value in that. So I share that with with your audience and you're more than welcome in it. and I'm happy to engage uh, with anybody from anybody from your audience. I think it'd be great. Yeah, perfect. Joe, thank you so much. Uh, now it's time for a parting chat. It's that one tip website or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Joe, we're going to ask you to take it away. Well, I think, you know, I think for me, the parting shot from a, from a, a power platform perspective is Learning, learning, and this, God, this sounds so cliche, but learning by doing. So just getting your hands dirty, you know, as somebody that was not super technical and I'm still, I mean, as I'm still learning, uh, I get a little, I still get a little nervous, started playing around with tech, like, oh, I'm going to break it. Oh, this is going to happen. Oh, this, you know, I second guess myself, second guess myself. Don't do that. Just go in and play with the stuff. And if it, it if you're not going to break anything, you can just close out of whatever whatever session you're in and then go back in, but play with it. I mean, I think you, you learn a lot from, from playing around with the tech. And to follow on, my parting shot is going to be sort of the use cases that 
I have made in both my work and our company's work with using the Power Platform. Uh, one simple, one a little bit more complicated. I'll talk about how the, a very simple way that I use Power Automate. Um, we use, in the Microsoft 365 world, we use tasks and planner um, to assign tasks to people. I do not happen to use that in my personal life. I use Todoist. Everybody listening to the podcast know that I'm a big Todoist fan. I, although I appreciate getting assigned tasks in Microsoft 365, I am more likely to pay attention to them if they are in Todoist. I have a very simple flow that's set up, an automation that's set up, that whenever somebody assigns me a task in Planner, it is automatically forwarded to me in Todoist, and it appears as a task that I can then execute right there. Um, so I'm able to I'm able to access it in the tool of my choice, and I'm able to get things done in, in the way that makes sense for me. So that's one, I think, very simple way, and like Joe said, I, you can go in there, dozens of ways to, to connect different tools together, and and, 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 you know, take some chances and may, do some experiments and you can turn it off if you don't like it. The more complicated one that we use, and just as an example, not that anybody would uh, do information governance with a Power App, um, but we um, routinely create record retention schedules using Power Apps. We used to create them in Microsoft Access. I feel that Power, App is, or Power, Power Apps uh, tend to be the successor, the modern uh, version of Microsoft Access, so we can create databases in there where you can uh, include your retention schedule, the citations that are uh, attached to those uh, record categories, link those together, make them searchable, and then they appear essentially as a website for the, your users at the company to be able to look at. Uh, we are also starting from a privacy standpoint to put personal data inventories into Power Apps so that uh, those of you who have to follow California or Colorado or Virginia or whatever privacy law you have to follow, you're able to see what are the, what's the personal information that we keep on our uh, customers or our employees. Where is it? How do we get to it? Uh, how can we respond if somebody asks something about their information? So a couple of different ways that we're using it. Um, it's a very powerful tool. I, we're just scratching the surface on our end. Dennis? Yeah, I, I, on Power Automate, Automate, I just want to say that when I went to the website, just looking at the templates just gave me so many ideas. So I, I think that's a, uh, a tremendous place to start. So I have, I have two ones. One's really quick. I'm, I'm doing my my little summer side gig uh, for the summer is something called Legal Innovation as a Service for Law Departments Only. Uh, you can find out more about that on my website. But my real uh, parting shot is uh, looking at how Microsoft is starting to bake in AI into the into the the sort of core tools. And so I found this article on howtogeek.com. Uh, it's called How to Use the Scenario Manager in Microsoft Excel. So if you use PowerPoint, you know that, that uh, PowerPoint will like design your slides for you in, in a really amazing way and give you a bunch of, of choices. But if you've worked with Excel and spreadsheets where you need to vary assumptions over time, say like inflation rate these days, uh, that, uh, Excel now has this little tool called a scenario manager that uses a little, a little AI and basically does all the heavy lifting for you. And so if that's the type of thing you would do in Excel where you need to kind of play out, uh, you know, variations in what, what might happen going forward, uh, this article is great. And I think you'll want to explore that tool in Excel. 
So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode on the Legal Talk Network's page for the show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes on the Legal Talk Network site where you can find archives of all of our previous shows along with transcripts or in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please reach out to us on LinkedIn. We're also on Twitter. Remember, we also love to get your voicemails for our B segment. So please leave us a voicemail with a question at 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.